think that everybody is looking for the uh, weekend already. So uh, we're got to get through just three more work days and we're there. Hey, I got a really great show for you. Michael's on assignment and he's uh, doing great. So today we're going to talk about China leans on coal as hydro is failing. Biden officials may have blown the critical mineral issues. This is critical if they're trying to support their EV uh, migration. Mines and Minerals supports this article from the Manhattan Institution. And um, also, uh, we've got another one from David Blackman. I got some little tidbits on that one. So Russia oil exports, I got a great article on that one. And Nigeria's increasing drilling. All of these have a trail along these stories. I'll weave that here in just a sec. But first, let's thank all of our listeners that are making this show such a wonderful success. We are so appreciative of everybody listening, and um, it's just been a phenomenon. I want to give a shout out to Armando uh, Kavanaugh. He is with, he's got his own podcast with the Energy Transition, and I was just on his today. So shout out there. Thank you very much. So with that, let's start with the first article. China leans on coal as hydropower slumps. This is pretty big because China is building, everybody says, two coal fire plants a week. We've got to try to fact check that and get the, the right numbers. But they're really leaning on all forms of energy and coal. These numbers are pretty wild. China's total power consumption rose by 5.2% in the first half of 2023 with coal-fired power output compensating for the decreased hydropower output, bringing the share of thermal power generation to 71% of the generation of um, China's electrical output. That's crazy. China's coal production rose 4.4% in the first half of 2023 compared to the previous year. It's also, it's massive investments in renewable, it's turning to coal to increase with the rising demand. They can't, even though they're making it, they make more money selling it to the US, to the UK for all the components and then use coal. That's how they're making their money and they're not doing the environment any good. So total China's total power generation rose by 205 billion kilowatt hours or 5.2% between January and June 2023. But hydropower plunged by 23%. That this is just really not good. I love hydro. Hydro is fantastic, but you're at the mercy of rain. So when you take a look at ESG, 
if they use the natural gas, they'd be better off than using coal, using coal to manufacture all of the wind and solar and all of the devices, ship them out, make more money and pollute more. So this one, if you have any supporting information on this, if you're an industry thought leader, if you're a CEO of a company for recycling, for uh, energy, oil, gas, nuclear, I want to talk to you and see if we can come up with some solutions. The next piece of this puzzle fits in, and it is Biden officials may be blowing America's shot, uh, rare earth independence. This one's kind of crazy. It is actually from Forbes, David Blackman is the author, and he had a great interview here. Uh, let me get the quotes in here. The mind that they're missing on this is actually from Greenland. This is critical. Christopher Messina, CEO of Tanbreeze, just interviewed, uh, David just interviewed him. This is the quote out of it. This mine is one that could basically drive civilization over the next 20, 30, 50 years. Christopher Messina said, CEO of Tanbreeze, told me in a recent interview, uh, David Blackman, for the United States and its needs, that is no, probably no exaggeration given the resource was recently ranked by mining.com as number one on the list in top. 10 rare earth mining projects in the world. This is huge. Nobody in the private sector, the article comes on down in here where uh, David's article says just one problem. Nobody in the private or public sector seems interested to be the first to take on the risk of funding the project. Messina says it had funding secured in early 2020 from prominent backers uh, on such project. But you know, you sit back, the person died of, of COVID, so he lost. Anyway, it's hard to get that one out, but it's a situation where everyone cannot wait for five years, 10 years to get these things rolling. At least he has a good sense of humor of it. Forbes article, fantastic. Go read it. We'll have the link to it in the show notes. And so when you take a look at rare earth minerals, also the Biden administration is not helping on any of the permitting. So when you come in and take a look at it, we've got to have permitting reforms and allow for the investing of these kind of projects in order to try to get rare earth minerals and critical earth minerals to the United States. And let's make our own gear rather than letting China sell us the gear at a higher price and then use coal in order to manufacture the things. So when you take a look at the Manhattan Institution, Mines, Minerals, and a Green Energy Reality Check. So when you take a look at this, I believe this is Mark Mills. And some of the things in this article are just phenomenal. The material cost of clean tech. He has in here the material requirements to build different energy machines. This is critical when you sit back and take a look. How many materials used in tons per kilowatt hour? You got to look at the kilowatts produced by resources, and that's exactly what they're looking at here. So in solar uh, PV, you're looking at about 16 million tons per terawatt hour. 
Hydro is about 14.2. Wind is about 10.1. Geothermal is down around five. Natural gas is is under a thousand. So when you sit back and take a look, your energy delivered to the consumers is significantly less and less impactful on the environment using natural gas. Let's use natural gas and get to carbon net zero using renewables, but you're not going to do it with China and coal. We got to have a plan. So these all these stories fit in and you got to look at all the different places they fit in. Let's come back around to big oil. Big oil is really taking a look. I had the pleasure of visiting with some folks from Croatia and they're involved in things in Germany and all that. Russia oil exports are in a post-invasion high. Which countries are buying? This is kind of interesting when you take a look. Sanctions don't work. Russia exported an average of 8.3 million barrels of oil a day in April. It's an increase of 50,000 barrels per day. When you sit back and take a look at sanctions, they increased their amount of oil going out. It did cut profits or sales because they're having to sell to India. They're selling to China. They're selling to Asia. They're selling to Spain at reduced rates. So exports are up. They're still got lots of revenue coming in. And so it's increasing the volume, but revenue has not mirrored it. Uh, Moscow's oil exports earned 13.9 million euros this past month. It's up from the previous month, yet made close to 6 million less than a, a the year previous year when it was uh, higher oil. So the exporting at the discounted rate, which we know is well below, you know, I've heard numbers ranging from 35 to 55. So we don't know. And it's being traded in rubles, yuan, in other areas other than the U.S. dollar. So anyway, this one is really showing. Now, where is everybody going? We've had uh, Shell. We've had uh, Exxon. We've had a lot of increases. BP, a lot of folks are increasing their CapEx spending right now. Where's it going? Nigeria's number of drilling rigs signals more investments. This is pretty important. Nigeria's oil industry is experiencing a positive upturn as the country's oil rig count reached its highest point in three months, increasing 7.69% compared to the previous month. According to the latest OPEC market report, Nigeria's oil rig count uh, rose from 13 in May to 14. On a one-year basis, though, it is 27.27%. Uh, this is from Emmanuel Energy Sector. It, he says the increase in the rig count shows that investments, international oil companies, IOCs, are making offshore in production as an indication of the impact in recent changes, especially as it regards the unification of exchange rates as it regards implementation and unionization of measuring out the output regulator. 
Other recent changes include the political will of the government to tackle organized crude oil theft from flow stations to terminals, especially in high pressure tappings. What you're seeing is a pattern. Big oil is moving away from the other areas that they've been using, and we're going to Africa. Here's where I get a little chat. Why are we forcing the Africans to African countries to buy renewables from China instead of using their own natural resources? If you take a look at Mark Mills report and you can see that natural gas pipelines are a fraction of the impact on the environment. And then you take a look at the cost per kilowatt hour. You look at the uh, the entire damage done to the environment. We are not doing energy poverty any uh, justice in Africa by only funding renewable projects. We need to fund all the projects at reduced rates, but let's get all of the power that we possibly can to the greatest number of citizens of the world with the least amount of impact on the environment. The only way to do that is use all of the above, but really focus on natural gas and nuclear. We got to help out all the people out of energy poverty. So with that, thank you. Subscribe, like. If you're an energy expert, if you have any expertise or opinions, renewable, solar, wind, nuclear, call. I want to talk to you because I want to hear all sides of the energy environment. So thank you for stopping by the daily uh, update today and uh, have an absolutely fantastic. Thanks, look forward to speaking to you soon.